Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. The aim of the Mosaic Life Podcast is to explore happiness, what it means to us as individuals, and why so many of us chase it, and yet we never seem to find it. If you get value out of this episode or you've gotten value out of any other episode previously, I would greatly appreciate your support, which you can lend in a number of different ways. Uh, First of which, you can subscribe wherever you get to your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you're listening to this. And you can also leave a five-star review if your podcast player of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts. That goes a long way in helping others just like yourselves discover the content we create here. I am extremely excited for my guest today. He's someone whose name I'd been hearing and seeing all over social media for a long time, and someone former guests kept recommending I talk with. On top of that, the work he's dedicated his life to and his desire to help people understand their bodies in a way that actually makes sense, in a way that helps us not only look good, but feel good, that's an incredible pursuit. And we kick the conversation off by talking directly about how our health and wellness affects our happiness. Sean Wells is the world's leading nutritional biochemist and expert on health optimization. He has formulated over 500 supplements, food, beverages, and cosmeceuticals, and patented 10 novel ingredients and is now known as the ingredientologist, the scientist of ingredients. Formerly a chief clinical dietitian with over a decade of clinical experience, he has counseled thousands of people on innovative health solutions such as keto, paleo, fasting, and supplements. He has also personally overcome various health issues, including Epstein-Barr virus, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, depression, insomnia, obesity, and a pituitary tumor. Sean is currently selling the digital version of his brand new book, The Energy Formula, for 99 cents, and you can pre-order it or the hardcover for $39.99. And when you order, you'll be given some added bonuses, including a hidden chapter on movement, an extensive fasting for energy guide, and access to two live Q&A sessions with Sean via Zoom. And Sean gave me a sneak peek at the book before our conversation, and It took me deep down the rabbit hole of biohacking, sleep, mindfulness, and a ton of other areas in my life I've been working to optimize for years. Anyone looking to scratch those itches will not be disappointed. You can get your 99 cent copy at energyformula.com, and of course, I'll have that link in the show notes. And you know, one last note before we get started, as I got into podcasting, I listened to so many podcasters I've looked up to for years have conversations of this magnitude with scientists, nutritionists, doing work and research with such incredible implications for humanity. And having the chance to have these conversations myself, that's an incredible treat. And I am so happy to be able to share this. Please welcome my guest, Sean Wells. Well, how's everything going? I'm, I'm so excited to be able to talk. Yeah, me too. Everything's going great. Good. You're down in Texas, right? Yeah. How's uh, how's everything going down there? Is everything getting better? 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. I didn't have water for a week. Yeah. We were in power a bunch and, um, I still don't have, uh, quality water at this point. It's about half as strong and, um, we're having to boil it and all that stuff. So, yeah. but we've got water, we've got power and, and it's like 75 degrees and sunny now. So it doesn't even make sense, but yeah. How cold did it get uh, in the heat of it? It was sub-zero. It was, it was really cold. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to imagine. I mean, you know, I'm in I'm in Columbus, Ohio, so you know that's uh, that's a winner for us. But it's hard to kind of think about that the the other side of the country. I mean, that this is new experience for them, and obviously there is going to be uh, different needs. And so I it was it's heartbreaking to see people going through all of this struggle and, and not feeling like there's that much you can do about it. So I'm, I'm glad that, that things are getting better down there. And I'm glad that it's 75 degrees. We're, uh, we're just starting to warm up here. It's about 50 today. And that just feels like summer to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was freezing. Even uh, my mother-in-law's down in Westlaco, which is at the border of Mexico. Yeah. And they had freezes down there and burst pipes and stuff. So that's, it's just insane. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, hopefully, I know there has been a lot of, um, obviously, a lot of rhetoric around the energy grid and all of that. So hopefully, it's a, hopefully, everybody is able to come out the other side of it and, you know, use it as a learning lesson. Hopefully, we can, I don't know. I, I know I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm blowing smoke, but I'm hoping that we can use the things that we've been through in the last year and kind of come together as a, as a country, as a people, instead of being at each other's throats about every single thing. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, what's going on in your life? I, I know I, I've been, I've been, like I said, I've been so excited to talk with you. I see your name everywhere. And that, that is, that is such a compliment and, and, a and uh, it speaks, I think, wonders to the great work you're doing. Obviously, I had Stephanie Foster on the podcast a, a few weeks ago. She was a delight to talk with, and just having the opportunity to talk with you, I'm just, I'm, th- I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, I, I mentor Stephanie. Um, I, I love Stephanie. She's a huge part of my heart. Uh, she's just an amazing human being. So, yeah, I was excited to do this show as well after I listened to her. And yeah, and she, the the amount of knowledge she bring she brought to the table, it was fascinating. I, I myself have been on my own health and well being journey over the last four or five years, and just knowing there are people on the cutting edge of this research, um, from everything from sleep to nutrition to supplementation to especially exercise, it's it's so fantastic. Oh, well, you're going to love this then. Let's, I, I can't <laughs> let's wait. Jump yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, just talk to me a little bit about some of the, some of the work you're doing. I know keto is a huge part of that, but you know, I, I read through some of the notes that you were able to send me and it just, it, it, it's so, it's fascinating because it seems to be very holistic and the, the kind of the concept of this podcast is happiness. And that to me is something that I've learned is very holistic. And so how much, of our everyday lives plays into our overall health and well-being. Oh wow! Um, our everyday lives. Uh, I mean, massive. I mean, I would say that you know I've spent most of my life 
uh, believing that happiness, successfulness, right. sexiness, or attractiveness is like a place that you can get to right. at some point. You know, that when you level up, when you have the right significant other, when you have the right house, when you have the right car, when you have uh, the right salary, when you live in the right place, you have the right people around you, yeah. right job, the right title, like that it's like, that's when you're happy, that that's when you're successful, that's when you're attractive or whatever. And, and come to find in my, in my journeys, in my research, in my exploration and plant medicine and things like that, that it's, those are, those are states of mind. Yeah that you can have right now. You can choose to be happy right now. You can choose to be successful right now. You can choose to be sexy or attractive right now. Those are things that have been profound shifts for me. Also with, with plant medicine, I, I've had some significant shifts around the idea of being loved and getting loved. I, I've spent most of my life trying to level up Right. to be successful thinking that when I got to this room or on this TV show or on Joe Rogan right. or on these things that that's, that's when I will be not only successful, but be loved. Yeah. Um, I spent most of my life in a very wounded state, um, overcompensating for the insecurity with, you know, I've had disordered eating and suicidal thoughts and depression and pushed myself relentlessly, competitively with the hustle and grind and keep breaking down pieces, breaking off and thinking that I'm going to get there someday. I'm foregoing enjoyment of life now for the someday that will arrive eventually. And it was, it was really in these, in these spaces that I realized that I can just have love and get love. Yes. And for me, that was a huge shift in my heart and in my brain, uh, especially going into this, the space, the first time that I was in, I didn't give anyone my resume. I didn't, I didn't know anyone in the room. I didn't have to prove myself to anyone. And I just was in what's called a cuddle puddle on the floor, <laughs> just loving people and, 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 and being sweet. It's, it's a very non-sexual thing when you're in right. this space. Like it's more childlike, I would say. Yeah. And, and to feel that was profound for me. Like, you know, people can tell you things all day long. And once you actually feel it, your heart and your brain shifts yeah. and then you're like, okay, now I get it. Otherwise people tell me like, Hey, go pursue your dreams. Like, Hey, just be happy. Hey, just <laughs> give love and get love. Yeah. Hey, you just got to love in yourself. It's like, great dude. Got it. <laughs> um, but until you felt it, that's when the shift happens. And, and I also realized that I can just choose to be anything today, tomorrow, whatever, I don't have to stay on this path I'm on. Absolutely. I've always felt like I had to keep leveling up again that I had because I've sacrificed so much, I got to stay on the straight path. And the fastest way forward is that straight path. So I just got to keep going, keep my head down. Eventually I'll get there. Right. But it's not true. If some things 
lighting you up, if something's a curiosity, there's something you want to explore over to the left or right, then make a pivot Yeah, and do that. And you can always go back to what you were doing. Absolutely. But you can always explore something else and, and find happiness there. Or the experimenter's mindset, the reframing mindset of truly successful people is, now I know what it's not. Yeah. Or I love that. You know, Edison said, it's not a failed experiment. Now I know what it's not. Yeah. So that's, that's the element of resilient mindset. That's the stoic mindset. That's the obstacle is the way. Yes. That's the, the creator's mindset, the reframing mindset, the experimenter's mindset that is like in common with almost all successful people. They see that glass half full, not half empty. <laughs> I love everything you just said. I think we live in a world of what about isms and to push that a little bit further, we, we, to your point, when isms or someday isms, when I have a new car or when I'm, when I'm working less because I've already made it, then I can be happy. But to your very points, you know, when we're on this journey, when we're on this path to maybe there's a tangible destination, maybe there's not. Maybe we just say down the line, I'm going to have everything I want. But we, I think we get such tunnel vision and we don't even know how to focus at the end of the tunnel. To your, to your very point, we can, we can veer off side to side. We, I think we're, we're raised to have this idea that we need a five or 10 year plan when the fact of the matter is, and I think we saw it very clearly in 2020 and even into 2021, we might not have that much time. And so if we can realize that our life could be, could, you know, could be blinked away in, in an instant, then we can start to appreciate what we have right in front of us right now. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And, and you're, you're so right. And in 2020 and 21, um, and, and this really is a, a through point in my book, the energy formula that comes out April 1st is, is, you know, it starts with it, it's energy formula and it's an acronym for experiment, nutrition, exercise, routines, growth, and your tribe. And it, and it starts with experimentation um, and really that bio individuality of like what works for you, yeah. but it finishes with your tribe and it gets into the power of connection and avoiding isolation and loneliness and how those things are potent killers and how the cultures that have true connection and deep quality relationships are the blue zones that have super centenarians that live the longest. Yes. And so I've seen that in this period of time, especially where there's, yeah, there's a quote unquote pandemic and I feel like that's a little bit exaggerated if you look back in history to some of the other pandemics like the Spanish flu and some of these things that were extremely deadly yeah. and not, not, not taking lightly like that there's definite you know, deaths and health issues that are going on with COVID-19 for sure. Right. But it seems like a bigger killer from the data I'm reading is the suicide, is yeah. the loneliness, yes. is the depression is the joblessness, is the homelessness, is the fear, is the, uh, is the murders that are going on because of division and derisiveness. Yeah. And so 
there's a lot going on there as well. And, and it's made me so aware of the opposite of that. And during this time has been the time that I've been exploring plant medicine, that I've been gaining what I call like a soul fam and really having deeper quality connections with people that are loving and kind and giving big hugs and want to see me transform and help me with my ego dissolution and help me with my growth and repatterning. And I've been working with therapists and mentors and people that challenge me in the right way and, and creating a new family, a, a loving family that's, that's supporting me and, and, and helping me on my path to what I feel like is true success and true happiness. Yeah. I mean, I was already making seven figures. I was already uh, have a bunch of letters on, after my name. I was already on TV and all these things, but I felt miserable. I felt alone a lot of the time. I felt uh, under accomplished. I felt the imposter syndrome. Yeah. And it was really like when I had this shift uh, that I started getting inner peace. And then all these biohacks were able to be put in place in a way that makes much more sense with a solid foundation. Before it was all these biohacks were on sinking sand, like I, of my, you know, unsolid foundation of not loving myself, being able to give others love, not having a, a soul fam around me, not having deep connections. I was more wounded and just driven <clears throat> and and just pushing again for that next level yeah and 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 it was costing me and i was using the biohacks because my body was breaking down and i became brilliant at it and how do i proceed with autoimmune issues with uh degenerative disc disease in my neck eventually having to get two discs removed out of my neck yeah. and a brain tumor and Epstein-Barr virus, Hashimoto's, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, uh, hip surgeries, knee surgeries, all these things going on because I was killing myself, right. literally killing myself. But I learned all the supplements. I learned all the cold plunges and hot saunas and red lights and uh, different devices and breath work. And, you know, but everything was about sacrifice, hacking, doing it quickly, what do I do? How much money do I spend? What can I show up and, and knock out and fix? Right. And not realizing that I'm not broken. I'm perfect as I am. Yes. And I'm just beating myself into oblivion um, for something that all I need to do is just be. I've spent my whole life in the I do phase, like showing other people what I do, what I can accomplish. Right. And that's common as a man, but, you know, it's as simple as I can just be, I can just be present. I can be mindful. I can be in my state of humanity yeah. and beauty. And I am perfect already. Yeah. And it's like, those are things like I can optimize my perfect self. I don't have to like hack into my broken self. Yeah. I like the way you said that. Um, and I, I like how blunt, how bluntly you said, I'm not broken because I think that is probably something a lot of people need to not only tell themselves, but need to hear. 
Um, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into everything health related in, in a moment, but going back to building community and being around those who you love and who show you love, you said something, or uh, I guess I'm quoting um, something from your book, and you said that our purpose should be to become who we are meant to be, and after that, to help others self-actualize. And I, I think that's, I think that's very profound. Like you mentioned, you you say, as as men, and I, I do this too. You know, I, I do this, I do that. It, it, it becomes a source of pride, a source of ego attachment to say I've done all of this in my life and my storied career, but if. I don't take time to recognize who I am or what I what I can be. That it, it feels very hollow. It feels very empty, and to me, that keeps me on that hedonic treadmill, always wanting more. And like you, I, I've come to this point of you, you can call it self actualization if if you know you want to you want to do that. Um, where I I I know that uh, two simple questions help me realize that I have all of that I need. I, I, I like to ask myself, do I want what I have and do I have what I want? And that very that first question, it's, it's so important to me because if I can't say that I, I want what I already have, then I have an issue. How, how, how big of a role uh, in your life has it been subtracting the things that are not serving you well as in addition to you know adding, th- adding things like whether or not they're biohacking or even just healthy habits, how how have those tr- helped shape who you've become? I I believe that's more important to remove rather than add. Right. Um, I I've added a lot of you know great biohacks and and people around me and experts and testing and all those things, but removing the clutter, removing the frustration and pain, removing the energy zombies. Removing just the stuff around your house that you just don't like. Yeah. Uh, removing all these extra things that you don't need to do. I mean, you can give your, your it's kind of like the idea of like, um, you know, people want to make more money and more money and more money. Right. But if I told you, you could make more money, I'll tell you, you could make 20% more money right now with the same salary you have by just removing some expenses, yes, removing certain taxes or, or being smarter with your money like that. Uh, like people don't understand that and you can create room. You can give yourself more freedom with less. And that feels actually so much better yeah. than having to claw for more. And th- there's a mindset there where you can have abundance with less yeah. by removing you can achieve abundance and, and it's a great lesson in life and a, and a great approach. Absolutely. Absolutely. So pushing a little bit more into mindsets and, um, obviously one of the points you make is that, you know, our health is individual and as you know, that kind of leads to our lifestyle choices and mindset is such an important part of it um, to me. And I'm, 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 this is relevant because I'm reading a book called um, Happiness, The Happiness Trap. And it's about ACT or acceptance commitment therapy, which, you know, it harkens back to a lot of stoic principles is that we have control of our emotions, our thoughts. 
And instead of, you know, crowding them out or pushing them away or trying to, you know, out, out, out make, make our positive thoughts just so much louder so we can't hear our negative ones, it's just accepting them, removing the stigma from them, making space for them, which is called expansion, and just allowing ourselves to notice them but move on. How important to you has mindset been in your development and what have been some of the things that have allowed you to have that, that, that positive outlook? No, I'm, it's massive. And it's the, it's the idea, like I said, that, that three point of the book is resiliency. And there's this idea of allostatic load, the stress bucket in your body. And you have, if you were to imagine a bell curve, you have U stress, which is a positive stress that allows for growth and development uh, is, is considered a hormetic stress. And then on the other side of that curve, you have distress, where the stress is too much and it's counterproductive. And in the middle, you have uh, the Goldilocks zone. That's like the perfect amount of stress that allows for the perfect amount of maximized adaptation. Right. And what's interesting is we think of this on a physiologic front in the body, but it's the same idea with stoicism in the mind. Yeah. Uh, that the obstacle is the way yes. just like going to the gym allows for your muscles to grow. You know, you break them down, you, you, uh, cause damage to them and then they grow in response. It's the right amount of damage. It's, right. you know, you don't want to get into overtraining or under recovering, but it's the right amount. And that's that Goldilocks zone. That's that you stress. That's that hormetic stress. And so this is the same idea with the mind is that the obstacle is the way we don't want a shortcut around the obstacle. We don't want no obstacle to be there. We know that we find our true purpose, that we find our strength mentally, that we gain that resilience. We become harder to kill. If if we find that challenge of the obstacle uh, to be something that we can uh, relish and something that we can, uh, find positive, constructive challenge in, and that is increasing our mental strength and overall resilience. So that's, I mean, for me, mindset has been everything and being that reframer that can take um, negative situations and find opportunity in them and, in, and getting out of victimization mode. Yes. Yeah. And seeing that instead of the universe is working against me, it figures, shoot, that sucks. You know, this always happens to me. Changing that language and saying that the universe is always working for me. Yeah. I can always find something amazing out of this. There always is that silver lining. And there always is that glass half full. And it becomes just a shift. And then you can start manifesting amazing things. You're in the right place, right time, all the time all the time. It's just your head's down most of the time and you're not seeing it. You're surviving and you're not thriving. And when you're thriving, you are heads up and there's so many things going on around you all the time. There's so many great people around you all the time. There's so many opportunities around you all the time that when you actually can see it, when you actually are heads up, when you actually are in the right frame of mind with the right energy, then you can manifest it. Then you can bring these positive things into your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a, I guess it's a stoic quote, Amor Fati. 
basically love the situation that has been given to you because it's, it's like you said, it's an opportunity for growth. If we have an obstacle placed in our way, instead of trying to go around it, figure out how to go above it or how to go under it, figure out a new way to operate both mentally and physically. I, I absolutely love that. You know, when you talk about hermetic stress, um, you know, one of the examples you gave was cold exposure. And I think a, a mindset that has become popularized, perhaps perhaps through David Goggins or, or else, or uh, you know, other people within his circle, but being comfortable, being uncomfortable has become a, a, a big, I guess, endeavor, especially of mine. I, you know, I, I like to take cold showers every single day. And fortunately for, you know, four or five months out of the year, they get exceptionally cold. And, you know, if for nothing else during the winter, I'm perfectly comfortable standing outside when it's 15 degrees out. That's, that's nice for me. And so when it comes to cold exposure or other forms of stress that help us prepare for hardships in the future, what else have you done? uh, I mean, through intermittent fasting or through other areas of your life that kind of help prepare you mentally and physiologically uh, for some of those stressors? Yeah, it's like my friend Keith, the founder of Paleo FX, talks about uh, Keith Norris. He talks about being harder to kill. And that's the idea that we used to be harder to kill. We were far more resilient because we could deal with more stressors. And now we make ourselves so comfortable all the time that we're always in just a perpetual state of ease. Yeah. uh, You know, we're distracted and stressed in different ways that we shouldn't be given that there's very little actual stressors in our life. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah. But we, but we, we are thermically controlled, for example, from 68 to 72 degrees all day, every day. Yeah. You know, and, and we eat all day, every day with snacks and meals and food availability is everywhere you turn with Grubhub and Uber Eats and vending machines and convenience stores and pantries and restaurants. And we never have to go more than three hours without eating. Right. And so we don't know what these stressors are anymore. And we've become very easy to kill. We don't have that resilience. And so, yes, doing things like cold exposure through cold plunges or cold showers, doing uh, hot exposure with with, uh, saunas and red light therapy, and, and then contrasting going back and forth between the two, which is creating a greater delta or, or hormetic stress. You know, going longer without eating, having time-restricted feeding or, or intermittent fasting, it's called, or even doing extended fasts. Like I just finished a 90-hour fast this past week. So you know, doing these things can help build your resilience. You have to be mindful of your stress bucket, your allostatic load. Now, if you have other stresses going on in your life, you just got a divorce and you just lost your job and and you know you have uh, COVID nineteen and all these other things. Right. Maybe adding extended fasting and doing cold plunges is not going to be a good idea. It's very similar to the idea of being around COVID nineteen if you're immunocompromised doesn't right. make sense. Right. But I actually like the idea with my immune system is taking my immune system to the gym. Some food falls on the floor, I'm going to eat it. If someone's coughing or sneezing, I'm not running the other way if I'm feeling good. Right. It's taking the immune system to the gym. That's building more resilience. We're 
more resilient to these pathogens, just like animals are that, you know, run around outside and drink lake water and eat dog poop and, you know, whatever, <laughs> like they're tough to kill. Yeah. And we are using sanitizers and isolating ourselves, and, and, uh, have recycled or, uh, uh, filtered air. And, you know, we, we stand on artificial flooring and artificial walls with artificial light, looking at artificial lives on artificial screens. We're breathing artificial air and we're eating artificial food. And we're wondering why we're not feeling naturally good because there's nothing natural in our lives anymore. Yeah. It's um, starting to, the way you describe it, it's starting to sound somewhat Orwellian. Um, uh, yeah. I, that makes perfect and complete sense. Um, you know, previously when we had spoken, you had talked about agitation creating adaptation. I mean, is that kind of the the idea, you, what you just kind of described? You know, the more we can do to expose ourselves to, you can call them hardships, you can call them, you can call them bugs, you can call them whatever you want, but I mean, our bodies will learn to adapt to the the... I guess the things that are we generally think of as trying to hurt us, trying to harm us, but the more that we can really put our bodies through the ringer, through the test, the, 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 the more we're able to adapt and overcome. Yeah, exactly. But that mindset is going to allow for more. Right. Like, for example, um, when I did a cold plunge recently in an ice bath, um, you know, I was at a biohacking retreat where we also did plant medicine. Um, but we were doing those uh, ice baths as well. And I was in there for 15, 20 minutes talking to my friend Keith that I was just alluding to, yeah. just chatting. And I forgot all about being in there. And then I watched the next guy get in, who's an entrepreneur that's extremely well built, that's much younger, that's just, you know, fit, looks like a tough guy, looks like he could kick your ass up and down the street. And he gets in and he's like, <laughs> Yeah, 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 and screaming and just rocking back and forth yeah. and yelling. And I was like, wow, like it just like brought it all center to me. Like, I'm like, okay, so this is really about uh, the mindset going in. You know, I, I actually was looking forward to doing this. I was uh, looking forward to sitting in there. And, you know, after about a minute, I feel like a warmth come over my body and I feel a relaxation uh, hit me. Like there is a little bit of a sympathetic nervous system response initially, but after that, like you have a kind of a parasympathetic like wave or chill come over your body, no pun intended. Right. And you do feel, you do feel relaxed if you let yourself, but I mean, part of it is mindset. And, and I was looking forward to it and I felt relaxed and I felt conversational and it was uh, a mental hurdle for this other person that hadn't really done these before. Right. So that's a big part of this too. And, you know, trying to find ways to make yourself uncomfortable uh, on a consistent basis. And that can be so many things like, because as we get older, we have what's called crystallized intelligence where we get smarter and smarter because our box gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. We get better and better at finding that same way to work and learning all the little shortcuts and we can do it on autopilot. And that way we get smarter and smarter, but we get less smart or dumb, if you will, 
at uh, fluid intelligence, learning new tasks. Uh, it's not as easy to, to, to do that because those are challenges. And, and these two ideas are almost um, uh, counter to each other. You know, so like it's, it's a challenge to take on a new instrument, a new way to work, to put the belt the opposite way through, to, um, you know, put the shoes on the opposite way or, you know, whatever it is from what you've typically done, consistently done with your crystallized intelligence. And so, again, just finding ways to challenge yourself consistently will keep you more sharp, will keep you more open-minded will allow for greater resilience in what your mind does, your body does better at. And what your body does better at, your mind does better at. So if you are good at doing cold plunges and hot saunas, you'll be more resilient to losing your job, to going through that divorce or whatever it is. Yeah. And if, and if you get better with affirmations and gratitude and prayer and meditation, you'll be better at dealing with those physical stressors like working out, like cold plunges and things like that. Absolutely. So, so it works both ways and it's just finding ways to make yourself uncomfortable at times in the right way to allow for growth. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, talk to me a little bit uh, about uh, keto because I know that's a, a huge component of the work that you're doing. And I, I've, I will admit it. I will admit to you. I, I've experimented with keto very, very briefly. Uh, I don't know that I ever fully committed to it, but I have read and heard of a bunch of great research. Obviously, not just around you know how it affects our bodies from a health and um, I guess health and wellness standpoint, and how we can garner more energy from it, but even its effect that it has on some diseases and how we can kind of. I guess, adapt or, or overcome some of those uh, issues that we have in our lives. So what is what is some of the work that you're doing in the keto space? And I guess just as a, as a primer for anybody who's never experimented with it, what's the best place to get started? Uh, I go through it pretty heavily in the book, The Energy Formula, How to Get Started and what it looks like with macros, what cyclical and targeted ketogenic dieting is, how to understand net carbs, how it works differently for women, all yeah. those kinds of things. But the ketogenic diet, for those that don't know, I'm sure everyone's heard keto, but it is a high fat, very low carb, moderate protein diet. And it will elicit an alternate fuel source besides glucose from the um, catabolization, the breakdown of, of fats to fatty acids to ketones and these ketones can be that alternate fuel source to glucose, the blood sugar that's in your body, to create energy, ATP, that currency that, that you need in the body to, uh, for the mitochondria to, to produce cellular energy throughout your body for all the processes that you have. Energy is, is the most important thing and is, and is the name of the book, Energy Formula. So we all want to live a life with more energy, and for some of us, we are metabolically dysfunctional. We are mitochondrially dysfunctional, and we are not making enough energy. There's an energy shortfall called insufficient cellular energy, and that's, that state is known as ice. And in the brain, it's known as brain energy gap. There's a shortfall of energy needed to run the brain or to run the body. 
And so when we're insulin resistant, we're not taking up that glucose and making that ATP as well. And what happens with the ketogenic diet is that you're producing this alternate fuel source and then boom, you're turning the system back on. You're, you're turning on the lights and the heat and the water like I was doing without here in <laughs> Dallas last week. And, and you're feeling like the cognitive clarity. You're feeling the reduction in appetite, which is called uh, uh, you're, you're uh, helping with satiety. And, and all of a sudden, you know, you're alleviating fatigue and uh, blood sugar damage, glycation and inflammation and oxidation. All those things are being reduced and you're feeling energy uh, in a way that you haven't felt in some time because you've been metabolically dysfunctional. Right. Uh, you haven't had enough mitochondria or the mitochondria are not working as well. So the ketogenic diet can help with that. Uh, other ways to raise ketones would be uh, glycogen depleting exercises like high intensity interval training, uh, taking things that uh, uh, dispose of glucose like cinnamon and berberine, also the drug metformin, uh, taking exogenous ketone supplements, supplemental ketones, taking MCTs, in particular C8 MCTs, doing extended and intermittent fasting will raise ketones as well. So these are all ways to uh, elicit greater uh, ketone development to be in that ketogenic state to provide that alternate fuel source and, and heal uh, some of this dysfunction that's been going on metabolically for often some time where people really are, you know, obese and, and metabolically dysfunctional with metabolic syndrome. Right. So there's, there's a number of disease states that go into that. Uh, but, but most front and center would be insulin resistance. Yeah. When it comes to somebody who wants to, I guess, ease themselves in to, a more healthy lifestyle. And I, you know, I think um, experimenting with a ketogenic diet is probably at the farther end of one of the spectrums. But if somebody wants to just start to eat healthier, you talk about uh, mindful eating and, and creating behavioral changes. We even, you even talk briefly about paleo. I mean, is paleo kind of a, a good step in the right direction for that, that health related and, and food related change? Oh man. I, like ketogenic dieting is is down the line for me. That's like where you're really experimenting once right. you've got things dialed in. I I feel like yes, you need to examine your relationship with food and be present while you're eating food. Yeah. So having a good relationship with that food, just like you should have a good relationship with yourself and then the other people at that table, and that's a huge part of the blue zones that I was talking about before. That connection. We need to be mindful and present, not distracted and frantic all the time, multitasking, quote unquote. That never works. And being distracted is preventing us from being in tune with our bodies. And when we're not in tune with our bodies, we can't be uh, you know, present for, for our health and being in tune with what's going on. Like it's too late often when we when we need some surgery or we need to start taking a drug and we're like, when, when did this happen? <laughs> right. it's because we've been distracted for so long. So being mindful is, is definitely a key in being aware of each bite you have, enjoying the food that you're having, enjoying the people around you, uh, enjoying the taste of that wine or the taste of that steak and, you know, savoring that 
that's a very different relationship than just shoving it down your throat and really like a psychosomatic trigger for the sympathetic nervous system. So like we're in our country, like where we're, you know, weaving in and out of traffic and, and we're watching stressful, sexual, violent movies and, and yeah. shows and while we're eating and, and uh, we're having arguments while we eat and, and we're getting stuff out of the vending machine or in the convenience store and we're not taking time. And so it's triggering whenever we eat food, the sympathetic nervous system, because we've hardwired it that way. That's that psychosomatic response. Right. Whereas in the zones, whenever they eat food, they associate food with relaxing. They associate food with a three hour meal and home cooked and fellowship and talking to people and opening up and, and just, you know, a really enjoyable experience. So whenever they have food, it triggers the parasympathetic nervous system. Yeah. So mindfulness is, is massive. And then to me, getting rid of sugar is a huge step. Sugar is, is highly addictive. It's like cocaine to the brain. Yes. You literally have food gasms. And then beyond that, there is uh, high bliss point foods that are engineered for us to be addicted and overeat. They override satiety signals and, and they're definitely causing these food gasms in our brain where we're just, we want more. We can't not eat them. It's so impulsive. We're right. addicted. We want them. We'll do anything for them. And it's because in nature, there might be sweet, there might be salty, there might be crunchy, there might be spicy, there might be gooey, but there's not all those things. Right. But that's what they start playing with with these engineered foods. They're like, well, let's do gooey, crunchy, salty, sweet, you know, and all these things. And, and then you're addicted yeah. and overwhelmed. Yeah. And so being aware of these processed foods and, and bliss point foods and the sugar and being more mindful and then ultra processed, think about the artificial flavor, sweeteners, colors, GMOs, antibiotics, um, RBST, RBGH, uh, all the chemicals that are listed, the stabilizers, the, you know, uh, preservatives, and it just, it just goes on and on and on. And then the 50 different names for sugar with right. malted and cane syrup, you know, whatever, like there's, there's a hundred names for it. Yeah. But we start eliminating all these processed foods, bliss point foods, all the additional sugar for start to be more present. And yes, eating paleo, call it whole food, whole 30, whatever you want to call it, just eating the food that we're meant to eat. And that's why I don't get into the arguments of whether you should be carnivore, whether you should be vegan right. or Mediterranean or something in between. I'm just like, are you eating whole food? Great. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. Then you're good. And you're good. We can be healthy on paleo. We can be healthy on vegan, uh, keto, um, carnivore, Mediterranean. We can be healthy on any of those if we're eating whole food and eating it in a balanced way. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then you can explore keto and manipulating macronutrients and, and those things. But I have found that people that go straight into keto start eating what's called dirty keto or lazy keto where they're having diet uh, desserts and and decadent stuff and then overeating and just seeking all these sweet treats the whole time that they're on keto and right. and then they're gaining and so you have to like start looking at your relationship with food and putting better quality nutrients in your body first
Absolutely. You know, I, I think I probably know the answer to this question, but I've, I've had this conversation a handful of times, most recently with Stephanie, talking about, obviously, sugar. And I, I'm very much type A in uh, that sense that I, 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 I don't give myself the chance to cheat. I mean, I, I don't believe that, at least for me, moderation exists. If I were to have a cookie, then I, that allows me to justify one now, one in the future, and maybe you know one after a long run tomorrow, whatever. I just I don't think that moderation is a good thing for me. How how do you feel in your world? I mean, it, it, is is moderation key for you, or do you just or do you think that cheat days are, are for cheaters? I mean, what how where do you fall on that? Yeah, for me, I, I don't. There's keto police and fasting police right. that'll beat you down. Not a, you know, going by the exact rules, and and some people are very militant about the rules. I'm not. Uh, I've been doing keto for 20 years. This isn't about an eight to 12 week diet. This is about my lifestyle. Right. And I do it by doing things like cyclical and targeted ketogenic dieting. And sometimes I go off it altogether for a couple of weeks for metabolic flexibility purposes and mental, mental health. And I don't beat myself up in the process. And sometimes I do fasting where I have bone broth or sometimes I do fasting where I have fat the whole time. And it's called a fat fast. And I explore my body and I see what works for me and I get to see how long I can go with that fast or, you know, how I feel when I do this or that. And instead of making hard and fast rules and beating myself up, yeah. you know, someone that might be overweight might be having a Coca-Cola and you think, I thought you were on a ketogenic diet. I thought you were dieting. What's up with that? Yeah. But maybe just a week ago they were having six Cokes a day and now they're down to one. Yeah. And it's all about, um, you know, frame of mind and, and really granting yourself some grace and realizing that this is a long haul and you're doing great. You don't have to just eliminate everything and, and go by the exact letter because it may not work for you. And being that restrictive may be counterproductive and you may just give up on the thing altogether. Right. I mean, ultimately, if you have one salad a week, but eat McDonald's, all the other meals, you're not going to be healthy. Right. And this is true on the other side of the equation. If you're eating healthy in the majority of your meals, but you have a couple meals that are just fun or whatever. Yeah. So be it. And that's what I do. I do two meals a week, like maybe a Friday night and a Saturday lunch or Saturday afternoon and a, and a Saturday night. I have whatever I want. I can have pizza, I can have popcorn, I have ice cream or whatever. And all the other meals, I'm, you know, eating paleo, ketogenic, and, and I'm focused. Absolutely. But I look forward to those meals. I enjoy those meals. I don't beat myself up over those meals. And I feel like I'm actually healthier because I can do those things. That's good. So it works for me. That's fantastic. And obviously that, that has to play a huge role in your mental health as well. Um, I know we're coming up on an hour here, but one thing I want to bring up before we start to close it uh, down is scripting your day and building strong habits from the, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. Talk to me a little bit about what your days look like and if they are, you know, scripted as, as mentioned and how important that consistency is 
in your overall health and well-being? So we talked about one of these before, and I go over both of these things in my book. They're both core. Is Tim Ferriss explored in Tools of Titans what all these people, the common thread of these super successful people right. that are highly valued in what they do. They had two things in common. And it was a dialed morning routine and that resilient uh, experimenters reframing mindset that I was talking about. Yeah. And the morning routine is, is a critical one. And you just need to allow yourself. Can you do this? Can you give yourself 10 extra minutes? Walk with this through me, uh, with me, that when you wake up in the morning and you're, eh, 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 and then you're like, you're already behind the eight ball, the cortisol and epinephrine are flowing. You, you like go make your coffee. Uh, maybe there's a donut that you can grab like at home or on the way to work. Um, you know, you got to let the dog out. I'm already running late. You're starting weaving through traffic and this guy cut me off. This is red lights taking forever. What's up with this crap? Yeah. Okay. Now we're getting to work and uh there's a pile of email and there's a pile of papers and you're working your way through all your email just answering everything as quickly as you can more emails coming the day is owning you you feel overwhelmed you can't wait to go to lunch you go to lunch and you're just exhausted and you're you're now like i'm just gonna eat whatever because this day has been shit so i'm like now i'm going to have you know the pizza and the coca-cola and now I'm feeling tired and really overwhelmed at about 3 p.m. I'm going to go to the vending machine and get another Coca-Cola and a candy bar. Can't wait to just get home. You get home, you just lay on the couch. Maybe you should be at the gym, but you're like, I'm just going to just watch TV and just lay here because today has sucked. <laughs> yeah. And that all started with that first 10 minutes. Yeah. Now, alternate 10 minutes. The light you can buy these lights mm -hmm. that slowly get brighter and fill up the room with a, a gentle light and you ease into it. And you can have an alarm clock or an app that has chimes that slowly get louder and closer together and you ease into waking up. And then you do some deep breaths, maybe some box breathing where you hold something, let's say for eight seconds in, eight second hold, eight seconds out, eight second hold and keep repeating. And then you have some gratitude. Man, I'm blessed because I woke up this morning and I have a job to go to and there's sunshine outside and I'm looking forward to going to lunch with my friend from work today. And uh, my family has been really amazing of late. Like it was, it was great how they came through for me the other day and uh, I really enjoyed this weather the last few days and I'm looking forward to seeing that movie Friday with my friend and I'm just so blessed. And then you might go through affirmations. Sean, I love you. Sean, you're going to have an incredible day today. Sean, I'm proud of you. Sean, this is going to be the best day you can possibly imagine. You have this, Sean. I believe in you. Sean, this is going to be a day of your dreams. You have incredible health. You have incredible wealth because you just believe in yourself. Yeah. And you're here and you're healthy and you have great people around you. Great job, Sean. Do you ever say that kind of stuff to yourself? 
And that's like, we're talking about, you know, five minutes and then maybe like five minutes stretching and grabbing a glass of water before you go get the coffee, before you get anything else. 10 minutes. Let's say you do 10 minutes. Right. How does that change your day? And then what when you get into work, you do what's called deep work, like Cal Newport talks about, where you have two hours where you're not looking at email, where you're not distracted with any other things coming in with your cell phone with any conversations and you're just focused for two hours to knock something out, something big, and then check your email and then get into all these other things. But imagine if you knocked out something big and you relaxed into your day and you had gratitude and you had breath work and you stretched and you said positive things to yourself. And then Maybe you eat a little bit later with intermittent fasting. I like to eat like between 10 and 6 p.m. So it's during the daylight hours, which Dr. Panda talks about with circadian rhythm. But it's important to only eat when it's daylight out. And so imagine doing that and how different that is. That's a morning routine where you own the day with just 10 minutes. Massive difference. And yeah, you can get into a lot more stuff and do cold plunges and workouts and you know, do, uh, you know, brain games and, you know, certainly augment all of that and take supplements and all this stuff, make a shake or, you know, whatever it is, bulletproof coffee and all the things. Cool. But I'm just saying like, this is like five to 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's going to change everything for you. It makes all the difference in the world. It really does. And I, um, if you think about how that pays off throughout your day, not just during work, but after work as well, you have the energy, like you said, to go out for a run, go to the gym, do the things that you know are going to continue benefiting you now and into the future. That's that's so important. Um, you know, talking about biohacking, uh, one last thing that uh, I read that I really, really appreciated what you had said was that the greatest biohack of all is to be confident in your own skin. And I, I, mm. I truly, that truly resonates with me. It, it, and I, I think to be, I mean, you can talk about what it means to you, but I, I think for me to be comfortable in my own skin, it's, it's exactly what you, what you said. I can wake up at, you know, 10 till the time I need to be somewhere and, and have that, you know, that, that uh, rush of adrenaline right off in the morning, that cortisol, my cortisol levels are, are, are spiking, or I can wake up like you said, 10 minutes early, half an hour early, do whatever to have your morning routine, to have your affirmations, express gratitude. It's just, it's a night and day difference. A hundred percent. Yeah. Agreed. And for sure, the, the, the loving yourself and, uh, and being comfortable in your own skin is it, that was all the difference for me. That's that solid foundation on which you can optimize and build from there. But Otherwise, you're just like going down the highway at 80 miles an hour trying to fix the car, you know, out the side of the car window. Yeah. And it's just not going to work over time. Yeah. Um, it's just not a healthy process. We need to pull the car in the garage sometimes and, you know, have it have it examined and, you know, take a look at it and have gratitude for it and get it fixed up and then get back out on the road. Absolutely. Well, Sean, there's a million other things I know I could ask you, um, but I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, I, I do like to ask a, a few closing questions, and I'm always interested in pick in picking my guest's brain on these. Uh, first of which is obviously 
you are exceptionally successful in this space, and I, I respect you highly, and I appreciate you, you spending time with me. But if there happens to be somewhere, somebody somewhere in the world who this message really resonates with, and perhaps they could lend you a resource, if you are looking for a particular resource that you need to grow, what would that be? And you know, if somebody happens to be able to say, hey, Sean, I can, I can help you out with that, what would that be? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I am looking, I've really been enjoying um, doing some masterminds and getting around high level entrepreneurs and accomplished people that are loving and heart centered and modeling them and seeing that it is possible that I used to believe that entrepreneurs and wealthy people were, were not kind, were not heart centered, were not people to be trusted. Uh, were people that were trying to get over on you. And now I'm seeing all these amazing, loving people that are doing incredible things with the wealth that they're generating and um, and have incredible circles of talented people around them. And it's, it's redefining a lot of that for me. And so modeling those people and being in those right circles has been incredible for me. Um, and continuing to do things like plant medicine journeys where I can explore, I can be playful, I can be creative, I can reframe, I can dissolve that ego that's often counterproductive, that's helping me survive, but not helping me thrive. Like it's, it's preventing connection, it's preventing vulnerability, it's preventing depth of relationships. And, um, and just kind of dissolving that and, and working on on creation and, and play has, has been incredibly helpful for me. So I'm going to continue to explore that and I'll keep doing these, these biohacks that I'm doing and having people that are brilliant reach out to me and help me. I've been working with Dr. Uh, Stickler down in um, Austin, a Puron clinics where he does peptides and biologics. And, and I did transcranial electrostimulation and I was using oxytocin and ketamine and doing all kinds of things that are really cutting edge just being around people like that. So I'm just going to continue to explore yeah. and, and like we're talking about, but in a, in a loving way where I'm not trying to hack something out or, or fix what's broken. Instead, I'm trying to optimize the body that I'm in that I already love. And I already think is perfect. That's amazing. I think that's a really good distinction. Um, optimizing versus hacking. Obviously biohacking has become such a vibrant vibrant industry and space, but when we really get down to the semantics of it, we want something that is going to make our lives better and but not and to your point and not, you know, being a quick fix. And I, I think that's a that's a good distinction there. Exactly. Um so second to last question here. Something that has really brought value to my life is just a, a great book. I, I've I've really prioritized reading in my life over the last several years and I've I've learned so much and I've been able to expand my mind so much more than it was previously. And so I always like, like, like to ask the question, if you could credit one book or a book with changing your life for the better, what would that book be and why would you choose it? Mm, I think for me, the number one book in my life, besides the energy formula, right, which right, right. everyone should, uh, it's the energy formula.com. Um, has been the four agreements and that book has been powerful for me to examine the agreements that i've made over my life these you agree that you're not intelligent you agree that you're broken you agree that you're ugly you agree that you're overweight 
you make all these agreements during your life that aren't true. And you can rewrite those agreements if you want to. You can be beautiful. You can be happy. You can be attractive. Like I said, it's just a choice. And you've created these agreements and, and you're holding tight to these agreements. And those are choices. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and the four agreements, you know, like the don't take anything personal that like hurt people, hurt people we project out on each other. I mean, some of those things were just profound for me. Yeah. Um, so that book was, was an amazing game changer for me. And, uh, and there's definitely elements of it in the energy formula in my new book. That's great. And I will say you are not the first person to mention the four agreements uh, by Don Miguel. I'm going to mispronounce Miguel uh, Ruiz. Um, And I will put that link in the show notes as well. But uh, I have heard wonderful things about it. So I do intend to read it as well. Um, And then last but not least, if you could have one personal call to action for anybody listening, what would that be? Uh, Well, I mean, as far as you should definitely buy this book. Yes. So it's for it's 400 pages. It's full color, 60 plus diagrams, uh, over 100 scientific citations. There's surveys to assess your progress. There's formulators corners that go through all the supplements you need. Um, there's resource hacks that cover all the devices, techniques, apps that you can use. Uh, it's it's incredible. And you also get a fasting for energy guide to help you understand fasting, what your fasting type is and how to execute it correctly. And then you get a hidden chapter on natural movement and all that's 99 cents. And so I literally have spent over $100,000 doing all this stuff and making this and I'm making pretty much no money. (laughs) I just want to get it in people's hands. I want to help people because I've been hurting so much in my life and I just want to heal as much as I can. That's incredible. Beyond yeah, and that's at energyformula.com. And I appreciate the support from all you guys listening. And and please reach out to me with any questions. I'm I'm available on Seanwells.com, on at Seanwells at Instagram. Um, I'm at biohacking on Clubhouse and and I enjoy answering questions and, and being there. You can DM me or message me whatever way and uh, and I will be there to help you. But I would say the other thing that's just a broader point is grant yourself grace. That's, that's the number one thing that I've learned in my life is just, you know, take it easier on yourself. Like, you know, if anyone talked to you, like you talked to you, you wouldn't be their friend. Like enough of the critic. It's time for the inner champion to come out and be that positive voice that you've been dying to hear. Be that person that's proud of you. Be that person that you want to love you. You can be that person. You can choose that right now. And instead of beating yourself up over all the things that you've done wrong, quote unquote, or you haven't made happen that you want to have happen, stop shooting on yourself, as they say. And instead, just live with like a kindness and a grace and a love for yourself and just continue to explore and play and figure out what lights you up and what doesn't. That's perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, Sean, again, Thank you so incredibly much for taking the time to do this with me. This message, the way you're living your life, it's so important. And I think hopefully people are starting to slow down a little bit or they realize the value in slowing down and seeing the value in stillness. 
and knowing that they can overcome the hurdles in their lives, whether or not it's obesity or a problem at work, there are our mindset and our health and our well-being all ties into happiness. And I'm so happy to have gotten the chance to get to know you a bit and to hear your story. And I really hope that we can do this again at some point in the future. Absolutely, brother. I would love that. Thanks for having me on, Trey. Yes, thank you. One more time, I want to extend a huge, huge thank you to Sean for joining me on the podcast. This was an incredibly insightful conversation, one that I'm going to have to listen to multiple times because there is so much wisdom to take away from this. And if any of this conversation piqued your interest, you can pre-order the Energy Formula ebook at energyformula.com right now for 99 cents. I would highly encourage it. Or if you're like me and you like hardcover books, you can pre-order that, which I believe will be out April 1st. Also, be sure to follow Sean on Instagram at Sean Wells. He's always posting incredible content based on health, wellness, nutrition, and biohacking. Everything he posts is full of great takeaways. I highly encourage you to check him out. And you can find all of his contact information in the show notes as well at themosaiclifepodcast.com. And of course, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It means the world to me, and I hope you continue receiving value from it. If this episode of the podcast helped you learn something new, brought you a little bit of joy, I would greatly appreciate your support, and you can do so by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or if you head over to themosaiclifepodcast.com, you can sign up for the Mosaic Life Circle newsletter where you'll get once or twice weekly announcements about brand new episodes and content. If you'd like more of the Mosaic Life podcast in your life, you can follow me on Instagram at Trey Kaufman. You can also find the podcast on Facebook by searching for The Mosaic Life Podcast. Thank you all again so incredibly much for your support. It means the world to me. And until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.